Thank you for listening to the Call Me By Your Game podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, I'm going to go ahead and give you your action items for the week. Um, first, I would encourage you to start off by checking out the Supporting Black Lives email list. This is a newsletter of sorts that goes out uh, almost twice a week every week. It is curated by uh, my good friend Paula Viganalin, and it's a list of resources to do exactly that. Support Black Lives. It has places and families that you can donate to, whether people are going through hardship or they are uh, having something that they need specific help with. There are lists of petitions um, and uh, you know information about daily protests. So there's a lot of ways. Uh, it's just really kind of a great go-to. If you're sitting with yourself for a day and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this, this email list is a great place to start. So I'd encourage you to check out that link in the show notes. Um, we've been, I've been promoting registering to vote on the show recently. Again, if you're not registered, I've got a vote.org link in the show notes as well. Check that out. Make sure it's updated with your current address. I would also encourage you to see if you're eligible for mail-in voting. You can get your ballot ahead of time and then either drop it off or mail it way ahead. Um, obviously our voting system is very flawed. It is gerrymandered. It's unfair. Um, our country has made it as hard as possible to vote, but if you have the ability to do so, it's obviously vitally important, so check that out. Um, and then lastly, we'll finish off with uh, a place to donate to. So if you have extra funds, you're looking to support a great cause, I would encourage you to check out The Okra Project. Uh, we've promoted this on the show before, but in case you're not familiar, it's an organization that helps bring black trans people healthy, nutritious, and culturally specific meals, especially those people who are experiencing food insecurity. It's a great place where your money can go um, and help support black trans people. Uh, so anyway, thank you for checking out these action items again there are links in the show notes to all three of them, and I hope you enjoy this episode with the handsome, the great Jonathan Sims. Enjoy. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. If you've never listened to this show before, this is a podcast where I, your host, Connor McKay, bring on a friend to talk about a video game that is special to them and why. I love to dive in with a guest on what their connection with a specific video game is, because sometimes it's more than just what made that game special. It might be something specific around uh, when that person first played it and what it meant to them. Um, a little housekeeping up top is that if you'd like to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at callmebyyourgame.com. You can email us with questions. If you love the game we're talking about today, if you have suggestions, things you want to throw out, or just want to say hi. 
you can email us at callmebyyourgamepodcast at gmail.com. And then if you want to support the show, you can do that a few ways. You can rate and review us on the Apple Podcast Store, which really helps our visibility. Uh, You can share the show with a friend, whether they love the game we're talking about today or games in general. And then lastly... Of course, if you're a listener of this show, you know you can check out our Patreon. Uh, We are part of the Super NPC Radio Network, and if you like this show, then you're going to like what is available there. Uh, And if you ever want to test out those shows, occasionally we drop full previews uh, in this feed or in the Video Games of Comedy show feed, so check it out. Um, We have a ton of extra stuff for you. If you like, like I said, if you like the show, you're probably going to like stuff on there. But that... Thankfully, concludes the housekeeping and begins my favorite part of the show, where I introduce our guest. So today, please welcome actor, comic book artist, and golden oh, wow. boy of Fontana, Jonathan Sims. No, no, welcome. no, no, no. We do not claim Fontana. You you claim Fontana, though. No, Nobody else never, does. No, I ne- never in my <laughs> life will I ever. L.A. born and raised. I ended, there on a, ended up there on a fluke for a few years, uh, but never will I go back. We do not Love claim it. Fontana ever. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, it's good to see you. I had to throw that out there. I remember in college you right. uh, expressing what I could remember as disdain for that place. So yeah. I yeah. had to, I had to bring that you up. You had to throw it in there. You had to throw it in there. <laughs> um, well, thank you for asking how I'm doing. I'm doing great. It's so good to talk to you. Um, we know each other because we went to school together with former guest of the show, Nick Limone. Yeah. Um, all the way over at Azusa Pacific University. Um, we, I'm, I don't know exactly how you and I met specifically. I, did we take a sketch class together? We did take the sketch class yes. together, but I think also freshman year, we were in the same circle of people. Cause like yes. all the guys in my hallway, you had like Nick Fenton, Devo, yes. uh, Andy, Tommy. I think we all kind of ended up in the same circle throughout the year. That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, we did have that sketch class together. Actually, I moved recently, and so I actually came across like some scripts from the sketch class. Oh, no way. Scripts from our um, the sitcom class yes. we took. I came oh across randomly. Uh, I actually uh, started a podcast with my niece recently, and wow. she wanted to uh, use... Um, some texting app. I forgot which one it was. I think I, I texted you, you and Johnny. Was it, it. Group Me? Yeah, yeah, Group Me, Group Me. <laughs> and I came across, like, I didn't know I had it before. And I came across this long thread we had when we were developing that sitcom back in like 2011, 2012. Yeah. Uh, so that was hilarious to. To go that back. That was for the writer's room, I think. Yeah, that yeah, we yeah. had for decently yeah. priced. Wow. Yeah. Way so, back when. Yeah. So uh, we we got to know each other, you know, through all these creative realms. When you and Jordan were first developing your comic, Nick, it, again, friend of the show, Nick and I, yeah. like, were up, like, Huge in parts. those rooms at the beginning yeah. of it. And look at us now. Look at us now. Look at us um, now. So that's how I know you. Is there any other way people might know you or things you wanted to share about yourself? Um, Like you said, uh, I'm an actor. I'm a writer. Um, So, yeah, like you mentioned, that graphic novel uh, that we've been working on, Spirits of Eden, that you and Nick were huge in in helping us develop early on. Um, But me personally, uh, like I said, I'm an actor. I'm a teacher. Um, So I've been on a few things here and there. Insecure, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
Just a couple, couple great shows. Couple great shows. Uh, <laughs> no, Brooklyn Nine Nine. That was like a bucket list show for me. That was one of the wow. ones where, like, before the shows get gets you know is off the air, I gotta I gotta end up on it at least once. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, so just been trying to stay busy in this quarantine life. Yeah. Um, you know, I also do theater as well. So luckily, that's been like the saving grace of the last few months. Is there's been some some virtual theater opportunities for me, which have been great. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a bit of me. And then I'm a huge geek and nerd. That's what probably what people know me for most. Well, you're in a good place, my friend. We Perfect love place. geeks and nerds on this show. It's pretty Perfect much place. all we have. <laughs> yes. That's, that's um, all you need. It's re- it's really true. You know, especially during this time of quarantine, which is going to last for the rest of our lives. Uh, Basically. it really helps to have interests and passion and passions on things you can consume by yourself (laughs) yes yes no yeah my ps4 has got me through many hours of quarantine oh i love it uh i'm right there with you too um so thank you for sharing about yourself uh what before we get we're obviously going to talk about the game later we're going to dive into your history with video games first but what game uh what game did you want to talk about today mr sims so the game that I wanted to talk about is Assassin's Creed, the first one. Um, Beautiful. And I'll get to why, but Assassin's Creed, that was a, when we, when I first played that, that was a, that was a moment for me. Awesome. Well, hey, that's what we look for here on the show. Moment. We want moments. And yeah. uh, so you're going to deliver for us. I love that. Um, but like I said, first things first, I always got to talk to my guest about their history with video games leading up to today. So I guess my first question for you would be, do you remember when you first took like an interest in video games or, and when that happened at all? Man, it, it goes way back. So I got, I got, I'm the youngest of five and I got two older brothers. So we had like SNES, the Genesis, you know, I remember like putting, you know, the Game Genie with all the cheat codes and you put the cartridge <laughs> on top of the Game Genie. Yeah. To, yeah, all that. So, you know, Demolition Man on Sega Genesis, I used to love. Ooh. Used to love Duck Hunter, Gargoyles. All, you know. Uh, but my, like, so I grew up already playing games with my brothers. Yeah. Um, but I think when it really became my own interest is uh, when I got my first PlayStation for Christmas. Had the OG PlayStation. Uh, and I remember it came with this demo disc that had medieval. I think that was just, it was just called medieval, medieval yeah. and Spyro. And that was like all I played. I played that demo <laughs> for medieval. I don't think I ever got the full game of medieval, uh, but that, but I did have Spyro and I played Spyro. Dude. Um, I remember my brother-in-law's cousin at the time had metal gear and that's when it was like on two discs and you get it and you're like, wait, why is this on two discs? What's, yeah. what's happening? <laughs> uh, Yeah. So that was that was when gaming became like my interest was when I got that PlayStation cuz since then I've had every PlayStation that's ever come out. I think the only one I didn't have was the Vita, but I had the PSP, okay. I had the, you know. Dang, um, that's that's some loyalty right there. I, I can appreciate that. Loyalty. Um so yeah, I think that that's that's probably Sega Genesis and SNES is like my first memories of yeah. video games. Um, but yeah, PlayStation is when it like that's when it became mine. That's cool. Sure. It it kind of makes me think of like even like you were 
not that you, you were born into video games, but like you had video games around you. Right. Uh, I wish the listener could see this beautiful know, hand motion the, we're the doing. birthing that's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we both knew what we were doing there. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. It, I feel like with anything, like whether your family, if you're like grow up in a family that is like super into sports or super into books, whatever the interest is. Right. Um, you, I, I really love to hear that like you had a moment where it, it became your thing too. It was like personal for you and was like the, the start of it as right. opposed to just, you know, like being around for it sort of thing. I was just there. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when at the time, cause of course, like, uh, at the time, it was just by the time I got my PlayStation, the only things that were really on the market was the PlayStation and then and Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So it became this thing where my brother only would get Nintendo because he thought PlayStation was like was whack. <laughs> and I kind of veered away from Nintendo. I would still play N64, of course, and GoldenEye sure. and Perfect Dark and uh, and then he got GameCube. And so, you know, I would still play that stuff. But like it became where I would only get PlayStation. He would only get Nintendo. Interesting. Uh, but yeah. Hey, and that's I, how yeah, it goes. I've been on PlayStation ever since. Yeah, it's it's uh, I've definitely it's not the first time I've heard of like somebody who's like the siblings chose certain like a path. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right, right. Pick a side. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's. I, you know, growing up, I, I have one younger sister and she was interested in video games because I was interested in them. Like right. she was, I think more than anything excited for me. So I like never had like that same sort of, not even a rivalry, but like competing, uh, yeah. des- desire in our household. Right. I was just like Nintendo and that was it for me. That was it. Um, where are you, what do you have now? Now I have too much. I have, well, as far as See, the modern that's what consoles, I like to hear. Hey, I love it. We're and by too much, I mean the right amount. The right amount. Um, <laughs> See, there it is. So, as far as modern consoles, I have the Switch, and last year through like a miracle, which I know I've told on the show before, a very generous friend had gotten a PS4 Pro and didn't want to sell theirs, so just gave me their PS4. What? It was like truly one of the most generous, kind things anyone could have done because. You know, growing up as like a Nintendo kid, I still liked PlayStation, but I never had a single console until this. So right. he gives me his PS4. Shout out shout out to you again, Nelson. Uh, and then I, the first game I played was uh, The Last of Us uh, Remastered, which yes, was did. really liked it. So yes, n- did. and now I'm like, uh, I the most recent game I played was Final Fantasy VII Remake, okay. uh, which I adored. And I just got Death Stranding, so I think I'm gonna try to that one. check did that you, one. Did you did you play Part Two, Last of Us? I haven't. I have. I've been avoiding. <laughs> I, I've not been in the mood for it yet. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, it's a game. Oh, <laughs> you know I've heard that rumor too. <laughs> man, it's oh, it's good. It's good. I've been so happy to hear that too because I think people were concerned about how the second game might. It's yeah. just how it might be. And right. what what you just expressed, which, you know, you're trying not to give anything away, which is great, but I've heard yeah. a lot of people express the same thing, that they're just really impressed with it. I, I will say it's a game that when I finished it, I wasn't ready to jump to the next game yet. Yeah. And it's not because I was still playing Last of Us. It was just like I just had to I just had to digest everything I had just witnessed yes. and experienced. And I'm it's like... Almost- 
texting people and having like in-depth conversations about what it's about. Just like, mm-hmm. just had to sit in it for a little bit. It's like you're, you know, processing the end of like a, a really passionate but tumultuous relationship. It's like you, <laughs> it, like you might, you know, you're, you could be ready for somebody, but like you're taking that time for yourself and that's really just, important. Just to, to work things out. Remind me to get your, your, uh, your PSN ID before we're oh. done. I didn't know you were on PlayStation. That would be great. Um, that I would love, I would love to do that. Um, but those are the modern consoles I have and I have a collecting problem now. So good. It, since quarantine, yeah, it's very good. Since quarantine, I got the original PS. Well, not the original, but the PS One. You know the mini thing they released, like the yeah, little. Yeah, I've been meaning to get version? that. It's it's great, and the first game I played was Spyro, which you just nice. brought up, and I loved it. It was so relaxing for yeah. me. Um, at least the first one was, and uh, then I've been playing like Tony Hawk Two, and and then I also got uh, which is right next to me on my desk. Uh, I got a PlayStation Two for the first time. So here's oh, a, you can barely nice. see it because of the background. I see, but, I got it. Um, so anyway, now you know uh, I've got all the Nintendo consoles, um, and and I have an Xbox 360. Uh, nice. So that's where I sit. But um, I interrupted you somewhere. So you're you had this agency with PlayStation back in the yep. day. Uh, where do we go from here? Man, uh, it was just PlayStation after PlayStation after that. Like Were I you said, like my brother. Playing? You said what? Were you consistently like just with game, like playing games f- throughout? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I don't think it probably wasn't until the PS3 that I really started paying attention to like the games that defined. Mm those consoles yeah um because even even when i had the playstation like i was younger when i got the first PlayStation, so mostly i'm playing like crash bandicoot spyro Mm -hmm. stuff like that i will say though the game so yeah so from then like like i said my brother he got the the n64 and then the gamecube and then when nintendo made the wii and Microsoft was out by then. And by that point, my brother was on the PlayStation wagon as well. <laughs> so he was like, oh, Nintendo's done and Microsoft's <laughs> whack. Let's go with PlayStation. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, each one, I had the PlayStation 1, went to the PlayStation 2. Of course, eventually that one crapped out, had to get the Slim. And then mm. eventually you got the PS3, the big boy. The uh, big boy. Yeah, I got that for Christmas. That was a moment. So I think... Each yeah, so the the first PlayStation I got for Christmas, PS2 I got for my birthday, and then PS3 was also a Christmas present. Um, Your December birthday, right? I am December second, right. so I've gotten every PlayStation except for the four. I bought the four in November on a Black okay. Friday deal. Ooh. Not this past November, but so interestingly enough, every PlayStation I've gotten in November or December, um, which. Is, to me, is like a prime time to get a game system going into the holidays. Right. Uh, especially time, during you're school. You're out of school. Perfect. Uh, when you can just, like I've talked recently, and I think on the, the following episode, uh, I will have talked about like the ideal like w- scenarios time. to play different games. Right. And for me, the best one is just, hey, you don't have to do anything all day. Here's a video game. That's that yep. man... Oh. Those days, when I have those days, it's a problem. Yeah. It's a problem. Because, like, I'll just sit in darkness all day long. And yes. Just, all right, this is what I'm doing today. And that's oh. that's what I used to love is, especially when it was, like, Christmas, 
I distinctly remember, especially if it was like December 26th. And the thing oh, is, yeah. when you're a kid and you get a new console, your parents don't expect you to do anything because they know what's about to happen. So you're not getting <laughs> yelled at for like being lazy, not doing shit. Like you, man, there are, I have distinct memories of like December 26th, sitting in the den, all the blinds are closed. Oh. I'm just in my robe and I'm just on the couch, just playing. And that's already just, in bachelor mode. You got a robe man, on, man. I had a robe on. I was like, we're going to do this right. You know, mom's not yelling at me to do this. Cause she knows, she knows uh, that like she has lost her son for the next. <laughs> I love that. Long. I love also just hearing that your parents were like, yeah, if we're going to let this like go today. Yeah, the, I love the, it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, so games, I think games I remember vividly PlayStation one, like I said, Spyro crash, uh, I remember I had the small soldiers video game and I okay. have like clear memories of sneaking some time in before leaving for school in the morning. Randomly. Awesome. Um, PS2 I had Mortal Kombat, of course, always love Mortal Kombat. Um, uh, trying to think what the, I think one of the games that defines the PS2 for me is Need for Speed Underground, uh, okay. one and two. And the Need for Speed Most Wanted. I think that is when Need for Speed was at its best. I don't think they've made anything as good since. Mm. Interesting. I've played, I've played some of them. They, of course, they, of course, like because of what you can do, they're better. But I don't think anything has been as good as those. Like I would love a remastered Underground Two and Most Wanted. I okay. love that. All I'd right, dive in. Nice. So yeah, uh, and what's interesting. Yeah, I don't think PS. It wasn't until PS3 that I really jumped into the bigger games because even on PS2, I never played God of War until I had my PS3, and then okay. I they released that like remastered one and two, and I bought that. And this is where we get to college, and this is where I really, really, really get heavy into gaming. So I got I, so I got my PS3 uh, in high school. I think the first game actually was Assassin's Creed. I think that was the first game I got. Oh, awesome. Um, and so Assassin's Creed, I still have, I can actually see it from here. I have my, like you collection. I still got my uh-huh. game <laughs> Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of games I got. And so when I got to college, uh, freshman year, I picked up, so I still had Need for Speed. So I was playing that, mm-hmm. uh, freshman year, I picked up God of War one and two and then God of War three, it just came out. So I just played mm-hmm. through all three in order. And this is where I started my college tradition where every finals week uh, or whenever finals were coming up, I would never start studying until I, there would be like a big game that I was playing and I wouldn't study until I beat that game because <laughs> I just knew that what most people do. <laughs> Cause I just knew like, if I, if I try to start playing right now, mm-hmm. I mean, if I try to start studying and I haven't beat this, it's going to be in the back of my mind and I'm just going to keep going back to it. So I, literally, if it took me into finals okay. week and I hadn't finished the game, I'm like, no, I'm going to finish this game first. Okay. So I understand that now. It's, you know, it, it it's dangerous. Yeah. It, but it works. Like, I it, guess I could see it being like great if you're like, all right, get it out of the way, get it out of your system, play the game and right. then and then be free to study. And then I'm, I'm were there times where you were like, oh, this is taking me longer to finish than I hoped. I'm trying to think there. No. Yeah. There were there were a few times where it came down to the wire, nice. but it became like a tradition where I would purposely find a game 
that yeah. would be like, I will play this game before I start studying and then I'll study. I love that. Oh. It was great. I want to, so, I want to be more like you. I want to do, do those things in my life too. You know, my, my procrastination was at an all time high in college and <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I went through like, uh, so that's when I really got into like God of War, Uncharted, Last of Us, like these bigger, uh, console defining games. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sophomore year got a job at GameStop, worked there for, Oof, uh, four years. Were you at the one across the street? From I school? was. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I was right there. Hated it. <laughs> Hated it. I <laughs> remember going in there one time. It was before you worked there. If it, if you started working there our sophomore year. Yeah. And I've told this on the sto- or on the podcast before, but there was a Pokemon game that I pre-ordered. It was a remake of Silver version, which nice. was on the Game Boy, and. I was so excited for it. I pre-ordered it. The GameStop opened at like, I want to say it was like 9 a.m. on a Sunday or something. Yeah, Um, sounds about right. So I go there. I'm like already embarrassed to be going to GameStop for a Pokemon (laughs) game my freshman year of college. I had like gone to bed early the night before so that I could uh, be up for it. Of course. I go in there. There's one other person who's already being helped by the clerk. So I'm just like trying to like mind my own business before they can help me because I they have my pre-order waiting. There's nothing really for me to do. Right. And I start like out of nowhere having like a coughing attack. And I like, so I'm drawing more and more attention to myself Perfect. and I like just walk out of the store and get rid of it. But I was like very embarrassed. So that's my GameStop uh, that's experience at that store. But that's So amazing. you start working there. Yes, I worked there for about four years. Now you brought up Fontana. So I'm from LA, born and raised. Let's Grew be clear up in about LA. that. Was in LA through high school, in college, end of my freshman year, my parents moved to Fontana. Mm-hmm. That's where I ended up on Fontana. So I worked, I ended up with this arrangement throughout college where when I was in college, I would work at the GameStop in Azusa. And then whenever I was out, I would go to the one in Fontana for oh. summer or for winter break. And then okay. once I was back in college, I'd come back to that one. So like I had this set up with the managers where they knew like. That's not bad. It wasn't bad. So I did that, uh, hated it. Um, I just want to say for anyone listening that may have children uh, who play video games, if you are a parent, um, for one, don't let your kids destroy the store. It's just, it's not nice. It's, it's one of the most soul crushing things I think has ever happened to me. I spent, you know, like if it's a weekday, it's kind of slow. Yeah. You're just trying to get the store in order so that like nine o'clock hits and all you have to do is vacuum, count the cash and get out. Mm-hmm. There was one night, I think it's like 830. I just finished putting all the games up. I've alphabetized everything for the day. Like I'm good. All I have to do is just stand there the rest of the night. Uh-huh. And this kid comes in and for those listening, they can't see me, but he takes his hand and just pulls it along the wall of the games and just all these games that I just finished are just dropping to the floor. They're getting shuffled up and I'm just, and I just have to watch this and his parents aren't doing anything. His parents are just, just watching it happen. They're just letting it happen. And I'm just like, Oh no. (sighs) What? And to, to give the listener an idea, what Jonathan was just doing was the classic, like, 
put your arm uh, like on a table or a shelf and sweep all this stuff off. Yes. And that's, yes. I'm so sorry. That's this kid oh, just so went for it. Like the whole row. I was like, uh, so there's that. And then like parents will argue with you over stupid stuff. Like we had a mom come in who, uh, I was, so she buys her kid Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. I was there when she bought it. The kid's like 10. Yeah. Whenever it's a game like that, we're say, hey, just so you know, this game is mature for this, this, and this. She bought the game for her kid. She bought mm-hmm. it anyway. Then the kid's playing it. She realizes what it is, wants to return it, but she bought it new. You can't return new games. Mm-hmm. So now she's getting mad at us because she bought the game. I'm like, look, we, we told you what it was. <laughs> like, I... I can't help you. We told you what it was. You bought it anyway. That's your fault. Like, yeah. So for the parents out there, take heed. Yeah. Just listen and and watch your kids. This is, Uh, I've been hoping for someday Sims to have a, for the parents out there segment. And this is for the parents out there segment. Thank you. This is for the parents. Uh, You know, watch your kids in the store. Um, And yeah. So, so yeah. So I'm at GameStop for about four years. Um, I leave to leave, go overseas for grad school. And so I finally cut ties with GameStop and, uh, and I'll say in my four years, I think my wage only went up like a dollar 50. Just, just so so put that out there. Hey, that sounds about par for the course for this country. So, and mind you, I was to the point where they were considering making me an assistant manager but then that entire time, I only got a dollar fifty bump. So just those of you that want to apply to GameStop, take that into consideration. This yes. is a segment now for those looking for a job that want to go to GameStop. Great while you're in college, but not so good afterwards. No, yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, funnily enough, uh, when I went away to grad school, it was right when the PS4 came out. So I was unable to get it because like all my money was going to school at the time. So I actually I ended up getting the PS4. Probably like two years after it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was on a Black Friday deal. Came with Uncharted 4. So I booted that up. Bought a bunch of games online. And yeah. So it's been PS4 since. I was the kid going back a little bit with the PS3. I was because again, I think I got that a year after it came out. And mm-hmm. I was the kid that was like on the PlayStation website adding like the games I wanted to the you know, like in favorite games. And I was like, like a just, wish list or something. Yeah. 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 I was the kid, like until I had it, I just keep adding games to the <laughs> wish list. Um, so yeah, so I get the PS4. Yeah. I think the first games I went through were, cause of course it was black Friday. So there's a bunch of deals. So it came with uncharted mm-hmm. four. Then I picked up Arkham Knight. Oh, um, love the Arkham series. Um, I picked up, uh, what else? Division was out at the time. I can't remember what else. And yeah, since then it's been PS4. Oh, real quick backtrack to college. Also distinct gaming memory is, um, especially freshman year, but you know, Christian and Jordan, Jordan, yes. we talked about spirits of Eden, the, the graphic novel we all worked on. And then Christian, uh, so me and Christian go way back. We went to high school together as well. So me, oh, Christian, okay. Jordan, um, and then our friend Anthony roomed together all through college after freshman year. But from freshman year on, A, we were all huge in Assassin's Creed. So we played all of them. Um, but we would have like these bouts where we would just sit down 
for hours at a time. Like, I don't know if you remember the game Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Yeah. So it played similar to God of War. And so we would have nights where we're just like those classic nights where you're just sitting trying to beat this level and we're just passing the sticks. Like you died. All right. Pass it over. You died. Pass it over. And so there's there's the last level of that game. You have to fight the devil. But he's like this giant man ram. And he's just got a massive dick. (laughs) For no reason. It's just sweet. So like and and in the game, you're like. With his height, you're like eye level with his dick in the Mm -hmm. game. (laughs) Of course. And so we're just sitting here like continually dying. (laughs) And Satan's balls are just swinging in our face the whole time. It's like this is such a a demoralizing (laughs) way to die in a video game. And it kept happening because it was so difficult. But yeah, we would have those classic nights of just like, all right, you died past the sticks. You died past the sticks. Awesome. It was awesome. Uh, Yeah. So PS4 since then, I'm super excited for PS5. Can't wait for that. Um, So the games I've been going through recently, the summer's been great for games. Uh, Last Mm -hmm. was part two, which was amazing. I highly recommend it. Um, I am. It's taken me longer than I had hoped it would. I'm currently going through Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, Um, nice. That game, man. That game is beautiful the game is beautiful i it's a tie between which i like more between last of us and ghost because last of us the thing that gets you is just the story Mm -hmm. and ghost is just so fun to play the gameplay on on last of us is amazing too but ghost is just like fun to play to live out that like kurosawa samurai fantasy especially if you're into all that stuff man so yeah you know it's great games for this generation um I think that yeah, PlayStation's had some great exclusives. So Spider-Man, oh, yeah. God of War, mm. um, Last of Us Part Two, Uncharted Four. Did you play of- Horizon? Oh yeah, no yeah, for loved sure. it. Horizon's great. Horizon's great. I can't wait for Part Two. Um, yeah. So those are uh, so that is in a nutshell my video game journey, um, and yeah, so I, I love being in a place because when you're a kid or when you're younger or even in college like getting consoles and getting games is is kind of depends on how much money you have in your pocket that week yeah or if your parents are willing to help you out Mm -hmm. so i love being it's funny you know because most people consider a, a a kid's thing but like i love being at the place in my life where you know i'm gonna buy a video game today that's just yeah it's what I'm going to do today. What, right. a, what a freedom we never knew would come. Right. As a kid, that you know, that was the dream as a kid. Yes. Get to the point where you just walk into any game store and that game on that wall, I want it. Bring yeah. it here. You know, there's a lot about our world, especially the last handful of years that have been brought to, you know, most people's attention that aren't maybe how we drew up our lives becoming. Um, but then right. there are some things like that where I'm like, yeah, I'm glad that this is that we do are able to do this now. Right. So right. happy. I can, my, um, my inner 10 year old is thrilled. I love it. That's so cool. I feel like you gave me so that was, I, that was a very full journey. I feel like I got at least, you know, the outline version. And I, I also like, I was going to be like, all right, well, what are you looking forward to? Or what have you been playing recently? And you already kind of already answered that. one of those questions. Is the, there a game 
that you've seen for the PS5 uh, that's been showcased that you're looking forward to most? Uh, definitely looking forward to Spider-Man Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. Can't wait for that. That's a day one purchase for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be like the most, at least for my money, the most exciting game yeah. that we know is launching Yeah, with it. And of course, there's the third party game. So Cyberpunk, you know, I got my yeah. pre-order for Cyberpunk. I've been playing the Avengers beta. Um, oh, okay. You you brought up Tony Hawk 2 and yes. the Tony Hawk remaster. I'm definitely getting that next month. That's not PS5, Dude. but definitely getting that. Uh, but PS5, Sony exclusives. I think another interesting one for me is Deathloop, which looks really cool. Yes. Yeah. That is one that the one cool. with like a handful of assassins and you have to kill yeah. them all and if something? you die like the loop starts over yes and you have to go through to get yeah that one looks really cool i'm i'm very interested in that one uh but yeah i agree miles morales is probably my biggest can't wait for for uh next gen exclusive of course this has to be valhalla and, and all that stuff yes um, so much to be excited for it feels so much like. man um, we're in a very lucky time to be fans of games. Especially uh, when movies are dead right now. Like yeah. normally my summer would be, I'd be in the movie theater like nonstop. So it, it's good to have, it's good that video games can continue to come out at least. It gives me something to do. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean like, like we've said, having like nerdy passions right now is great, but especially for games because they're continuing to come out and people are able to, you know, I'm sure I know that production has slowed and that they've, a lot of studios have been affected by COVID, but right. we're still getting those things. So very, very lucky to have this be like my favorite passion. <laughs> Man, very lucky. Cause otherwise, yeah, I keep, I have a, I have a friend who he also lives on his by himself. I'm like, man, he, you know, he's saying like how bored he gets. I'm like, man, you need, you need to play some video games. Cause totally. I have full days where I'm like, I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just on the couch and I'm chilling. Oh, so good. So good. Um, that's awesome. Well, Hey, thank you, uh, so much for sharing your personal history. Like uh, you gave me a deep dive and that's what, that's my preference. Cause I just love to hear anytime someone's talking about video games, my like brain is happy so yes uh, so 100%. thank you very much um before we jump into you know our main discussion you know talking about assassin's creed the first game uh yes, we're gonna sir. go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll be right back to do d- just that so we'll see you in a second This is the host of the Call Me By Your Game podcast, Connor McCabe, and I am thrilled to announce that our show is now a part of the brand spanking new video game podcast network, Super NPC Radio, Uh, and we've launched a Patreon in addition to support our shows. All the shows and content from Super NPC Radio are fully independent, and we finally have a way to not only make new video content, but more podcasts as well, bonus shows, and help pay for our expenses in doing so. We can offer several great tiers, and for $5 a month, you'll get access to our brand new weekly show, Super NPCs. 
At the following $10 tier, you'll get even more bonus content, including a monthly group episode of this show called Call Me By Your Game Co-op, where we discuss iconic games, their respective legacies, and their place in history. If this is interesting to you and you like this show, check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and keep on enjoying those games, why don't you? Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, uh, featuring Assassin's Creed and the wonderful Jonathan Sims. So, uh, like we always do before we get into our guests' history and context with the game, we will uh, talk about the history and context of the game itself. So, uh, again, like I said before, uh, Sims, feel free to like interrupt me or add stuff. If you have something you want to share, For I'll sure. kind of be sharing like uh, just like some like the what's the game about how does it work a little development that sort of thing so here we go assassin's creed is an action adventure video game developed by ubisoft montreal is it ubisoft or ubisoft i always said what do i ubisoft i think i said ubisoft I can't. I, I just suddenly got so insecure about pronouncing Same. it incorrectly. I've never thought about it. Uh, <laughs> no. Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft. For another day, I guess. Um, so developed, the game was developed by Ubisoft Montreal. That's what we're going to go with today. And published Perfect. by Ubisoft proper. It's the first in the Assassin's Creed series and was released for both the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 on November in November 2007 and found its way to Windows in April 2008. Uh, after completing Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, near the end of 2003, developer Patrice Desolet was instructed to work on the next Prince of Persia game and aimed for it to be a PS2 title. Upon learning later about more of the upcoming console generation's capabilities, the team considered expanding gameplay into an open world, and the more the team came up with concepts that they liked, the more the game started to really take off and snowball, eventually moving away from the Prince of Persia title and taking its own identity. Uh, The plot of the game is set in a fictional history of real-world events and follows the centuries-old struggle between the assassins, who fight for peace and with free will, and the Templars, who desire peace through control. The game primarily takes place during the Third Crusade in the Holy Land in... uh, uh, 1191 why can't i say that year's name uh 1191 <laughs> 1191 yeah uh it's been a while since we've had to you know not say a 2000s year um right uh so it takes place then with the plot revolving around the secret order of assassins based on the i don't know how to pronounce this word but hashashin sect does that hashashin yeah, hashashin I mean, sect it means assassin yeah it just means assassin Okay, there we go. Um, So uh, the player in this game, uh, in reality, is playing as a modern-day man named Desmond Miles, who, through the use of a machine named the Animus, is allowed the viewing and controlling of his ancestors' genetic memories. And in this case, that's Altair, uh, a member of the Assassins. So through this plot device, details emerge of a struggle between the Knights, Templar, and the Assassins over an artifact known as the Apple of Eden, which used to control minds. Um, the game received mostly positive reviews, with critics praising its storytelling, visuals, art, design, and originality. Uh, and Assassin's Creed won several awards at both E3 2006 when it was revealed, as well as several year-end awards after its release. 
It was followed by Assassin's Creed 2 in 2009, and ever since the release and success of the second game, the franchise took off. Many games have been released since, and has become one of the best-selling and most popular franchises in video games, with, as you just mentioned, Assassin's Creed Valhalla scheduled for release this year on November 17th. So, um... I did not realize that it was originally being developed for PS2, which makes... Which makes a lot of sense because I, I, you know, I, I, I booted up the PS3 again to jump back <laughs> in. Um, and it was funny. I was looking at like the quote unquote open world, but it was still very much like, all right, I'm in this part of the world. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to hit a loading screen to get the next part of the world. So the fact that it was originally designed for PS2 and to be more linear like Prince of Persia makes a lot of sense as to why the open world is so lacking. Yeah. In, yeah, it's yeah. A, sort of like the it, it is a world, but yeah, you kind of are just in these cities that are open, in more of like an open world idea as opposed to like right. you can't just I, I walk from like one city to one city and without like a loading screen sort of thing. Right, right. Yeah. And I think that changed by AC2. I want to say it okay. did. I feel like I have them all. I need to I need to jump back in. Um, interesting. Was there anything that you felt like adding about any of the history and context of the game? I will say, because I was thinking about this. I So I, for years now, every summer, you know, E3, I'm watching all the press conferences. And, and you know, of course, it didn't happen this year the same way. Yeah. Um, as well as, you know, Comic-Con, I was looking for that stuff. That's another reason I love video games during summer, because you could just, like, it's all oh, the time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I, and I remember seeing uh, the trailer for the first time and, like, oh, what is this? Um, and I remember not connected to Assassin's Creed, but, like, I, I just the, the small stuff of seeing what the new consoles could do. Um between this and then like console exclusives like Uncharted, because I remember like Uncharted, there was a moment where you run through the water and the pants get wet. And that was yeah. like a, wait, what? Pants yeah. can get wet now? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? And then we can with do this, anything. Right. Like anything is possible. <laughs> and then with this, like, um, I know that was a bit of a non sequitur, but, uh, and then with this, I think, for me, this is where my love of open world games started. I already mm-hmm. liked action adventure, but I think this is when like open world. And again, like we said, like I go, you know, open world now versus this being open world uh, is vastly different. But at the time mm-hmm. it was like, whoa, this is this is awesome. So. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was so I, back to the trailer, like that first trailer that came out was crazy. We never got the crossbow from the trailer, not in the first one at least. Yeah. Um, but I remember watching that and being like so amazed by it. And so when I booted it up this time, that actually plays before you start the game. You know, they used to do like the cutscene used to play before the game or if you let the the start screen sit long enough, it would play the cut. Yes. Know? So that played and I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, this doesn't look that great. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's still awesome. Like the mo- it's yeah. still like the storytelling of it is still awesome where he's like, he pulls the bow, he shoots one guy, stabs the next, jumps, does the kill, blends in with the monks, disappears. Like mm-hmm. that was like, wait, you can do all of this. 
but like looks wise, you know, just how far things have come. It's crazy, but it, it's still a really cool. All the Assassin's Creed trailers have always been amazing. Yeah, like I'll, I'll go like, back and watch them sometimes. Oh, I don't blame you. They they're as a franchise that I've had as limited of an experience as you can have with a franchise. That's one. That's I think what caught me immediately was like seeing like the trailers for it. Right. Uh, specifically, the little like cutscenes they would make was like it was not only cool. The action was cool, and it looked like wow, he can do so many things. But then they had it. It was a little myster- mysterious for me right. at least. So yeah, yeah. I could totally see that appeal for sure. And the the amount of I think that was the other thing is like you watch those trailers like wait will I actually be able to do that in the game? Yes. And for the most part. That would be the case where, like, these were actually things you could, like I said, aside from the crossbow he has in the trailer for AC1 not being yes. in the game, everything else he does in there, like blending in with the monks and jumping from the, the building to stabs, like, all that stuff that you do. That's what it's like, oh, this is cool. Uh, I love it. Uh, well, that's awesome. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's take let's the plunge. It. Let's let's, let's dive in. into the main part of the show, and that's your the discussion about your experience with this game. So first, um, I think you kind of maybe just told us, but did you hear about this game from like an E3, or do you remember when you heard? Knowing me, it was probably an E3, mm-hmm. just because I, I watch it every year. Um, so it was most likely an E3. Um, but I can't exactly remember when I first saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. But I just knew, like, oh, yeah, I knew that game. Yeah. That's the, game. <laughs> that's, that's the one. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, that's the first game I had on PS3. And I just played nonstop. And had did you say, and then we talked about this already, This that your PS3 was a, was that one of the Christmases or a Black Friday thing for you? That was a Christmas Okay, cool. Did you, did that game, did you get it with, you said you got it with the console? So (laughs) I didn't get it. So I got the PS3 and my aunt, um, so my family got me a PS3 and my aunt got me some PS2 games. I still had my PS2 at the time. Oh, cool. Um, But they weren't necessarily games I wanted. So I think (laughs) like the next day, me and my brother didn't even go to games. I went to EB games. Oh. For those that remember EB games. Um, and did like the trade in and swapped it out for Assassin's Creed. Nice. So then hey. I got Assassin's Creed, went home, threw that in. The rest is history. Oh, I love that. There's, I've had a, there's one moment specifically where like I didn't get the like one game that I really wanted for like right. a, I think it, it was definitely a Christmas. And I was, I remember being like, dang, well, I still really want it. So I'm going to make the effort to go out and get it tomorrow like right. the day after christmas first right. thing i'm doing i'm gonna be at target and buy that zelda game that i didn't get done. so you went done. above and beyond to get this one too done that makes me think of again non-secular but it makes me think of the days of blockbuster because speaking of gaming history like my brother and i speaking of that like oh, i want this game i'm just gonna go and get it yeah my brother and i like friday nights go to blockbuster pick up a couple games that we're gonna be playing for the weekend mm. trying a bunch of stuff I miss, I miss that of like, all right, it's Friday. We're going to Blockbuster. 
Yeah. Let's find some stuff to play. Friday nights at Blockbuster was like the peak of its existence, especially for a while. Uh, It was the best. It was. I I rented some games there too, mostly like N64 stuff. I don't think I rented like any discs from them ever, but but that's really cool to hear, especially the two of you, you know, getting games, like both excited about the same thing. That's fun. Yeah, that was good. Um. Oh, what were, uh, shoot. what were we saying about the game? Oh, it's um, okay. I think we were just talking. You you told us how you got it. Right, right, So right. it was over a Christmas break. Do you remember specifically, did you immediately start sinking time into it? Was yeah. it something? Yeah. I okay, wasted, good. I wasted no time. <laughs> got home, unwrapped it, threw it in. I Yeah, I was, I literally was playing. That's one of those, like, wasn't doing anything. Sure. And just oh. every moment I had was going into Assassin's Creed. Um, cause it got to the point, like it, it is, and I even remember when it came out, um, friends saying like, ah, oh, it's kind of repetitive mm-hmm. and it was, but I don't know why, and, you know, maybe something's wrong with me, but I enjoyed <laughs> so much, especially like, cause playing it now, it's a huge button masher. Yeah. There's, there's not much finesse to the, the fighting mechanics and all that. It's literally just like press square or hold block and press square to counter. Mm-hmm. But at the time, the way, like, the fact that if you countered right, you could just kill somebody and you're just going through, it was just fun. So it turned to this, like, once I beat it, it became this just, like, white noise thing of just, like, I'm throwing <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Let me get 20 guys to follow me, and then I'm just going to kill them all. And yeah. <laughs> cool, that was fun. <laughs> then, like, like a big group of enemies. Yeah, of like, let me yeah. piss off a bunch of people. Get them all to follow me, and now let me kill all of them at the same time. Wow, that's wild. Uh, <laughs> there, I feel like there's a few things about this game. Again, having mostly a peripheral experience because I have, I I have the first three. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, I inherited the first two games, and I tried the first one out, and was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" I had never played a game where you could just, uh, like an action type game like this, where you could. Almost, it felt like you could go just about anywhere right. that you wanted. So, yep. was that something that you enjoyed about the game? Yeah, man, I, that's what I love. And the and the the free running was something new as well. The like the scaling up buildings and mm. and jumping off stuff and like the it felt like if you weren't playing this game running on rooftops, like if you were on the ground, you were playing it wrong. Yeah, because you could just <laughs> you know you could, and even then. Again, looking back at how limited that was, but at the time it felt like so new and cool and different mm-hmm. where, but it was funny where there's like, and they, I don't think they really fixed this till Assassin's Creed three, but there was stuff that in real world, you should definitely be able to climb up and you couldn't climb. Oh, sure. Like, because it didn't have the right recess or a little nub or whatever. That, but also like you'll come up to some rocks and nope, can't do it. Nope. Go yeah. to a tree. No. Can't do it. That's, it's, I'm sure they were, you know, obviously way more limited in designing that game back then, but it is still, that is one of those things that when you run up against it in an older game or even a new game, I've, I've, I just had something like that happen with a a newer PS4 game and was like, this is weird. It takes me out of it. It was so in Final Fantasy VII Remake, again, Uh adore that game, think they did a lot of really great with it, but there's a lot of things like, 
oh, I should be able to like walk around this table, but for some reason there's enough space. It just doesn't let you pass by it. Right. Like, let me walk around the table. (laughs) It's it's a freaking table. Yeah. Um, But that's interesting to hear that there were little things you couldn't do, but also it makes like, I, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then again, like, I think all the critiques I have now is just looking back at, at what it was versus totally. what it became. Because mm-hmm. at the time, like I did, man, anybody that told me that Assassin's Creed wasn't the best game, I was like, no, I love this game. This game's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I can play this all day long. And I was like, yeah, it's repetitive, but I don't care. I love the missions. I love, because again, yeah, you go, like we were saying, like there's the different cities and all the missions within the cities were the same. You follow somebody mm-hmm. or you have to listen to somebody's conversation or, you know, it's the same things. Yeah. But didn't matter to me. Yeah. That's, I've had similar experiences with games where sometimes I have to be like someone, I will hear an opinion that I didn't know existed. And I'm like, oh, now that I think about it, yeah, maybe this part is repetitive or right. there, or it's, it was such a linear, like the, the Zelda game that came out, a uh, Zelda Skyward Sword is so linear mm-hmm. that, but like, I didn't have a problem then, but now I'm like, oh, I, does bother me but i right. wouldn't have cared so i feel like it kind of sounds like a similar thing to you where you're like no i like the gameplay i like these loops and it works for me it works for me yeah and i i think the reason i picked assassin's creed because like the replayability on this one isn't high mm-hmm. um but the reason i picked is because it got me into this was a gateway to a genre that i haven't stopped playing since i started playing this Okay. You know, if I didn't play Assassin's Creed, I wouldn't have been in, you know, I would have never uh, gotten into the Arkham series. I would have never mm-hmm. gotten into, uh, let me say, more into Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I sure. think we all just played Grand Theft Auto growing up, but I think um, I didn't really fall in love with the open world genre until then. Um, you know, but even games. Uh, and no, I lied. Spider-Man 2 was open world and that was huge. Yes. Did but you play then, that one too? Oh, that was that game. Oh. I played the hell that game I played nonstop. That was another game where after I beat it I'm still just swinging around and fighting people and It's amazing. I feel like amazing. I, Yeah, what were you going to say about it? I didn't want to uh, interrupt. No, you. I I'm realizing this isn't the first big Spider-Man 2 is probably the first one that I played that was like, "Oh man, but this was the next evolution of that, I think." Yeah. And I think totally. from then on, there became a very clear pattern of like open world action adventure games or though that's my, that's my genre. Like they're one of my main ones that I just love. Oh um, yeah. Where I got, you know, a long catalog of, I'm looking at my games right now, but a long catalog of, of games in that ilk, um, both on PS3, PS4, it'll be the same with PS5. Yeah. Um, but I love that stuff. I love like going around collecting. And that's why it's taken me so long to beat Ghost of Tsushima is because I had to stop playing for a week because, A, I know if I start playing, it's just going to be hours of playing. <laughs> but that's because I like to do everything okay. before I beat the game. I try to hit all the like side missions, all the little quests. I want to get it all done. A completionist, okay. I am a completionist. <laughs> I am a completionist. So I like to, so before I, if I know that the next mission is the last mission, I will stop everything, go back, clear out the map, 
and then come mm. back for the yeah. the final mission. And that's what that's I'm doing fun. with Ghost right now because I'm pretty sure the next mission I have is the last one. So wow, trying to wrap it all up. It is tough, at least for me, to let those experiences end, especially yeah. those experiences like it's like I've heard that Ghost is, and that maybe Assassin's Creed was like too, um, where you are, you love being in the world or you sink so much time into it and you love the missions and you just, you're like, I don't want this to, to end yet. So I did the same. I've done the same thing with games right. before too. Right. Just keep going. Just trying to hit everything. So yeah, I think like, cause part, I, if I was to, I think, I think I picked Assassin's Creed to talk about because for me, it's indicative of the whole franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, especially those first, five games from Assassin's Creed to Assassin's Creed 3. Um, and anyone confused by that, it's not that I can't count. It's that there's <laughs> two and then Brotherhood Revelations and then Ghost of 3. There we um, go. But yeah, like though that, because also the story, I think that was the other thing is the story was really cool of like oh, this, cool. this hidden assassin society and you're, you know, you're part of that bloodline in the present day, but you can tap into the history mm-hmm. and what i loved about the present day stuff is as the games went they had this thing called the bleeding effect and desmond would start to learn different skills from his assassin ancestors and this is where three fell off or the thing three so like each game you would spend more and more time in the present day it was still oh, really? about the historical stuff but like you would have you would start to have missions in the present day as desmond Oh, which was really cool. I think they 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 shot the bed in the way three ended with his present story. Um, but it, it was setting up this thing that was like it was really interesting where the, the how the two stories connected. And sure, I think that was the other part was the this concept of being able to tap into the past mm. via DNA. And it's. So funny that we're talking about this game today because uh, right now, for the first time, I'm going through... I've seen the movie a couple times, but the Watchmen series. Did you watch that on HBO? Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, specifically what you're talking about right now, <laughs> oh, the right, episode right, right. I watched last night, uh, yeah. is a lot of that. I don't want to spoil it for anyone right, out there, right, right. like, kind of uh, blew me away because uh, yeah. you find out what's... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, So yeah. that is... Did you... I have a couple questions for you. Um, did you like the, and maybe you already said it, but the present day stuff, or what did you like about um, like when you would be Desmond as opposed to Altair? So the way, so the for those that don't know, the way the games have traditionally been set up, or at least used to be, they do it less now. But you would have, um, you could jump into the present day whenever you wanted and like walk around and explore stuff, but. There was all there was always in each game at least like a few points in the game where it would make you get out of the animus and because now there's like a a story beat that has to happen in the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always it was always the thing of like oh, I don't want to get out of the animus because I'm loving being Altair, Ezio, or Connor, uh, but that's the the. Assassin's Creed 3. The third one, right? The third one, yeah. Um, but that and but that's what was cool is 
as the games went, there was more to do as Desmond than just walk around and read stuff. So yeah. it became, so I think it, it might have been two, it was either two or Brotherhood where, you know, the people he's with, like they give him a, uh, they give him a hidden blade and like a bunch of dudes break in and now you're fighting as Desmond and you're like, oh, whoa, this oh. is awesome. And, and so I was like, oh, this is where it's going. Uh, and yeah, like I said, I think unfortunately three didn't a hundred percent live up to that. You had, by the time you got to three, you had mission like assassin missions as Desmond, mm. which was really cool. And like exploration was even heightened, but it, it seemed like what I would have loved is if it led to a Desmond game. Like I would have loved oh. if four was present day Desmond as an assassin taking on the Templars. That would have been so cool. I mean, it's always easy to be like, that would be cool. But truly that right. like almost seems like it would have been the right culmination for the series. Yeah. Almost. And that's what it seemed like because, you know, of course the, the time in the past, they were getting closer and closer to the present. Mm-hmm. So it seemed like the logical next step. And then I'm just going to drop this spoiler. If you haven't played Assassin's Creed three by now, you've had your chance. You had your chance. <laughs> you know, of course Desmond dies in three mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh wait, what? <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. Um, were you disappointed by that? It sounds like it. A little I was bit. disappointed in the ending. It, mm-hmm. it, the ending definitely felt forced. Not for it. The culmination, because of course there's this whole like supernatural sci-fi part of Assassin's Creed with yeah. the Apple of Eden and the, the first civilization and all that. And that story also has always been really interesting. But I felt like they didn't know how to end that story. And so it's, it's I forget exactly what happened, but it's mm-hmm. something like Desmond like sacrifices himself to stop the end of the world or something like that. Something, <laughs> something weird. Okay. It was it was all kinds of like 2012 stuff they threw in. Oh, big, uh, which is when that game came out, right? Exactly. 2012? Exactly. Yeah. So they threw in like uh. the end of the world 2012 stuff, and it just it 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 was an unsatisfactory ending to that story. But, Weird. But again, the gameplay kept getting better, and you know the characters were fun. Um, so it was always fun to jump in and just like run around, assassinate people. Yeah. And yeah. So it how did the game feel to play? You kind of were just talking about it, but I want to hear from you about like what you liked about it. Was it the traversal of like climbing and jumping? Uh, was it the combat specifically? Yeah, I think. Uh, so like I said, with the first one, again, it was that like, Free running, running up buildings, jumping off of off of rooftops, and it's almost like Spider Man in that way, just right. with no web. With no web, yeah. And so that was interesting, and then being able to like jump off a roof and assassinate somebody. And again, you know, like I said, I went back, and the fighting in one at least is in that it's not that great. It's just mm-hmm. press square over and over yeah. again. Uh, but then. You know, you get to AC2, and that's when they start to add gadgets. And you have, I think they they had daggers in the first one, but in the second one, you start to get smoke bombs and 
it really starts to play up the stealth. And so okay. he's, you know, now he's like, there's armor you can get and he's got smoke bombs and then you meet Da Vinci and he makes you a pistol and like, there's all these little things you get. So now you've got this arsenal and now you're, and that's the stuff I really love in open world games where mm-hmm. you can, like in that one, in AC2, I think um, AC2 took everything that was great about one and then just expanded on it. Cool. Um, and so now you've got these like, oh, if you find these things, you unlock the armor of Altair. And I love when there's stuff like that where like, oh, if you if you do this, you'll unlock this this thing that's hidden behind a or whatever. Like if you do okay. this quest. So I love stuff like that. And so now you're this guy who's just like, you got two hidden blades, you got a pistol, you got smoke bombs, you got daggers, you know, you got a crossbow. And it's like, oh, wow. this is the dude. This is the guy. What a, ver- uh, what a versatile arsenal of weapons. Stay I, ready. That, you ain't got to get ready. Right, there you are. I, <laughs> I have a question for you, which is, um, as you, you know, you, especially in the later games, obviously this isn't the first one, but I want to know, right. uh, as you are, you know, having more abilities, more uh, ways to either, whether it's new weapons or whatever it is, armor, is that something that you can not necessarily customize, but you're like, oh, I'm going to have like this armor set because it benefits like stealth or benefits strength. Is there At any the RPG time, elements no. like that? It wasn't no. like it then. Now it is. So with Odyssey, oh, okay. um, it's become much, they've adopted much more RPG elements in the last yeah. couple iterations. So because hmm. they started to annualize it and that's when people started to not like it. Yes, I have all of them, but I still haven't played Unity and Syndicate, and I know mm. those are the ones that people weren't too keen on. I plan to sure. play them, I just haven't yet. Because um, yeah, because like I said, I got my PS4 a little later into the generation, so there's some games I missed on release, and I just still haven't yeah. caught up. Um, but yeah, now Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla are all like you know, are different armor sets. This one boosts your poison percentage and this one boosts this. Okay. Yeah. So now it's very much the worlds are massive now. Yeah, they've gone they've gone full RPG now. Wow. Um which scares me a little bit because mm-hmm. I I usually stay as much as I love open worlds, I usually stay away from those bigger RPG games because I'm just like, I'll get lost in here. I'm never gonna beat the game. Um mm-hmm. So it's still like a nice hybrid where the worlds aren't too large. Like it's not like okay. Witcher or Elder Scrolls yet, but they're yeah. still pretty big. <laughs> they're big enough where I still haven't beat Odyssey. Um, I was actually working through Odyssey when Last of Us came out. So I put that down. Oh, and then okay. And then I started going through GTA 5 and I stopped it. I need to finish Odyssey before Valhalla comes out, but... Oh, the the gamers uh, tribulation, just Man. all these games we got to finish. <laughs> so many games. I have games that are still in the the uh, shrink wrap. Yes, that I, just I. I mean, like I have I have a backlog, and it's crazy. Of it's, and I'm like, why do bad. I buy new games or like old games off of eBay when I haven't played all of the ones I've had that I have? But you gotta have them, right? You gotta have them. <laughs> They're there for purchase. Yes, they are. If you don't have them, who will have them? And I don't want to answer that question. So no. I'm not going to let it happen. No. Can't um, let it happen. This this has been really fun to discuss. Um, I feel like I've gotten a really good idea of like 
what it was like when you were playing it for the first time, which was like, you know, that Christmas break, just sinking time into it. Right. I feel like I've got a really good idea of just why you love this game. Was there, or, and why it was important to you. Was there anything that like you didn't get to share yet or a thought you wanted to wrap up or anything else you wanted to say about Assassin's Creed? Um, I think the, the biggest thing for me is, I think I said this a little bit, but for me, AC1 is special not because of the game itself, but because of what sure. it opened up for me as a gamer. Yeah. Um, I like AC, like if I think about the Assassin's Creed franchise, Assassin's Creed 2 is really like the special one. Hmm. Like that's the one that I'm like, I'll go back and play that any day. That totally. game was too fun. Uh, <laughs> but AC2 wouldn't have happened without AC1 and I wouldn't have gotten into the franchise. Like I, it wasn't that I got in late and then I went back and played like I've been in since day one and picked up AC1 when it came out. So, um, it's funny looking back and especially with something like Ghost of Tsushima playing that now and how much a game like that is influenced by the Assassin's Creed franchise, yeah. you know, where that, that game would not exist the way it does if Assassin's Creed didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, which is very, it was very interesting. You know, it was funny cause I, I played Ghost last night and then playing Assassin's Creed one today. It's night and day. But you can still see how the DNA from Assassin's Creed made something like Ghost of Tsushima possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Ah, oh, that's great. I, I love hearing that from you because even as more, you know, mostly a spectator of this franchise, it's been very easy for me to see, like what you said, it's DNA, how like it right. could have been also a gateway for you to get in games, to get into these style of games and then see how they evolve in the future. So yeah, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much, Sims. If you're ready, I've got a couple end of the show segments Let's that are it. fun. We could jump right into. All right. So first, of course, we'll jump into the first. That is the fact me by your game segment. This is just a segment where I tell my guest to a couple facts, whether they're Easter eggs, development history or whatnot about this game. Nice. So um, the first uh, the first thing is we talked earlier about how this started off as a Prince of Persia Sands of Time uh, sequel. Right. There is still some of the DNA from that game in this one. So this comes from Did You Know Gaming, which is a really great uh, YouTube channel. Highly recommend checking them out, especially, awesome. you know, you and your nerd dumb. Uh, the, yes, so <laughs> tip of the cap to you, sir. Uh, so. Originally, for the Sands of Time, uh, Desolée, the, the developer, wanted the game to be filled with NPCs, giving each area more of like a full feel. Mm -hmm. um, but because of the lower RAM capacity in the PS2 and Xbox, this wasn't possible. So this is why you only have like a few NPCs in a certain era. Um, but by right. the time PS3 and Xbox 360 came around, that's why like in Assassin's Creed, you walk around a town and it's full People of all heard. these 3D models walking around. I have to say real quick, one of the things that I always thought was hilarious, and I went back today to make sure that was still the case, and it is, like they uh -huh. never patched it, but going into Jerusalem, for some reason, there was this hill, and every time you went into Jerusalem, there was just a row of like 20 people walking up the hill. Okay. And you're on your horse, and you can just like plow through them, and it, <laughs> but it's like, it's one of those things where they all yell the same way, so it just turns yes. into like the... 
Have you seen the thing with like all the goose, the geese in that that bin, the like rubber geese, and the, he presses down, and they all like. Oh, it's no, one of those moments that. where you're just running into twenty NPCs, and they're all yelling. <laughs> so I went back to make sure that was still the case, and it is, and it was hilarious. Like they're all just flopping and flailing, and. Ugh, I love the unintended like quirks we can find about about games by just playing them. Right. That's so cool. Um, so that was the first one. The second and final fact for you today is that Optimus Prime isn't left out of the party for this game. Oh. So there's a YouTube channel. Uh, name It's actually the same name as the main character in this game, Altair, uh, Ibn Alahad. And so here's the fact. In various places in uh, both or in Damascus, Accry, and Jerusalem, you, there's a certain window that resembles the front truck form of Optimus Prime. I remember this. Yes. Um, I remember this, yeah. So when doing my research, I like st- I'm watching this video and I'm like, okay, this is probably going to be like, I didn't think it was going to be legit, like it's more speculation than anything. Yeah. And then he like goes around this corner into this alleyway and then climbs up and the window in front and they put a picture next to it next to Optimus Prime's like just the front of the truck uh-huh. looks there's only a one difference I found in the truck's grill, but it looked really similar. And this was like <laughs> the height of the Transformers franchise, like or like as it was starting off. Yeah, it had just come out, two thousand seven. Yeah. Man. Amazing. Uh about so so I thought it was just so funny that That's Optimus hilarious. Prime is it's like reference in this game um, why not why not why so not? that brings us to the end of the fact about your game segment and we'll of course start the game recommendations segment so uh sims this is the part of the show where i force a tie-in to the movie call me by your name um Perfect. and that's because uh i'm sort of treating this assassin's creed like your uh your love and so i was yes. wondering at the end of that movie, when Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer's characters aren't together anymore, who do they date next? Because in real life, sometimes people date someone who's eerily similar to the last person they mm-hmm, dated, mm-hmm. Uh, someone wildly different, or someone you just wouldn't have expected. So yes. that's what these wrecks are going to be based on for you. All right. Um, All right. The, the first one, which you have referenced this franchise on the episode, is if you were looking for another game as a hooded justice vigilante swinging around or like basically not swinging but flying around a city that would be batman arkham city from 2011 oh yeah that that's a great game that is yeah arkham city is yeah that was a great game i love that game there we go that whole franchise Uh, is did you did you see the that like I don't know if you would call it a teaser, but that tweet Suicide from Rocksteady. Yeah. yeah. Is that something you'd be excited for or no? I hope so. I'm I'm curious what it is. Yeah. I'm curious the type of game. Because I would have loved... Because, you know, there's still the rumor that WB Montreal is doing another Arkham game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arkham Origins, which they did, was... It was okay. I mean, it was good. It wasn't as good as Rocksteady's Arkham games. But... Um, so Rocksteady doing it. I chose Rocksteady. So... You know, I'm not, my thing isn't, will it be good? I'm just curious the type of game it will be. Sure. Especially since we don't really know anything about it right now. Just that one image. Right. Because a Suicide Squad game, that could very easily be a, like a, um, online game. Mm, Yeah. That could very easily be kind of like what Avengers is right now. Um, you know, 
or that's a it's it's a um, it's like a destiny style yeah, like sort a of destiny game. division i could definitely see it being something like that mm-hmm. um or you know is it something like a an updated vastly updated version of like a x-men legends and what i mean by that is in terms of you're going it's a single player game but you're going through missions and you've got your squad and you can pick who you're going to be in that mission sure. but but in the art style of like a arkham city arkham knight yeah so i'm curious huh. yeah i mean i'll be interested to see too but uh that's your first wreck the i think second. august 22nd they're showing a trailer or a teaser really because at okay. the dc fandom oh so it's okay. coming saturday i think yeah Interesting. How the it's late August. What are we doing? Uh, how has this happened already? Yeah. yeah already. This this quarantine has felt every day feels like three months and every month feels like a day at the it's, same time. It's insane, yeah. Like we've been in this now five months. Yeah. It's wild. I've done I mean I've actually I've done I think as much, if not more, of this show remotely than I was recording in person because we started it in November. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I've I'm, luckily I've gotten really comfortable and used to doing this. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I got another rec for you. So if you were looking for another stealth combat game where the difficulty is crazy high with the combat, I'd recommend Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Is this one you checked out? I haven't played it yet. So I was, Christian actually hasn't. I was talking to Christian oh. about it. And I'm I'm thinking about getting it. I wanted to... That's one... That I'm afraid of. Mm-hmm. And I say that in the sense that I've heard how high the difficulty is. And I'm the type of player that whenever I get a game, my first playthrough is at the hardest available difficulty. And okay. so I, I know that I'm going to do that. And so I'm just like, okay, I already know the game is already hard. <laughs> so it's probably going to take me a while to get through. And there's all these other games coming out that I know I want to play. Yeah. So that's one. That's probably going to end up being one that I buy. And it's going to sit until I finally play it because I do want to play it. Like I've looked into it yes. I've, and I like I'm very interested in it. And I'm also terrified by uh-huh. how long it could potentially take. That could be an endeavor. Uh, yeah. It's what did you, you just described. It? Well, I was going to say what you just described is like exactly what I did, which I got it for Christmas. Uh-huh. And I've, I have tried it a few times, but I haven't had the time to like sink in and get good because it's like kicked my ass immediately. Right. Like it's so, I also have never really played a Soulsborne game. Me neither. So I'm not used to this like r- ramped up, like really difficult combat, but it's, I, it's still, there's so much about it. that's so interesting and beautiful. So, you know, there's a wreck right there. I'm definitely um, check it out. The final recommendation for you, my out of left field one, if you Oof. will, if you would like, if the thing that you took away from this game is just the assassination, defeating your enemies, I'm going to go ahead and recommend the original assassin game. And that is (laughs) Pac-Man. I'm thinking you're going to go like Splinter Cell, (laughs) Metal Gear, (laughs) Pac-Man. Yes. I I always try to find one that's like some weird tie in and out of left field. So there, there you go. He is the original Um, assassin. It's true. Once he, you know, he gets his f- the fruit or whatever, then he can yeah, eat those ghosts or rat. Mrs. Pac-Man. Stand so, no chance. Um, you know, that brings us to the end of the game recommendations. And Sims, that brings us to the end of the show. Um, 
So thank you for going on this journey with me. It was so nice to just have an excuse to catch up with you. It's hard to catch up with anyone during this time, but like really happy we could do this. So let's definitely exchange PlayStation info. I'll like, I'll text you my stuff. Um, but thank you so much for coming. Uh, where, where do you want people to find you? You said you had a podcast earlier. What do you want to share with us? Uh, well, first I want to say thanks for having me on. Cause I remember when you told me your idea for this, back last year and I thought it was yeah. amazing and I listened oh, to you. the first episode as soon as I could and I thought it was awesome. Uh, oh, thanks. So I think it's great, dude. So I'm, I'm glad I was able, we were able to make this happen. Thank you. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. JP Sims, M R J P S I M S. Um, you can also find me right now on Amazon in a series called Bulge Bracket. So check that out. It's a lot oh, of fun. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was... Uh, Congrats, by the way. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, you can you can catch that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter, at Mr. J.P. Sims. Um, and, I yeah, I've got... Uh, I've actually got a couple... Like I said, I've been doing, like, some theater virtual readings. So I got a couple of those in the next week. So I'll be posting about that stuff if you're interested in checking that out. Um, awesome. And, yeah... Um, the podcast isn't up yet, uh, but okay. it's going to be linked with um, the account, the Creative LA. So if you want to follow them, um, yes. that is at thecreative.la. Let me make okay. sure I said that right. Um, Perfect. I'll, everything, yeah. all the, the stuff you're sharing right now, I'll be sure to include. I always include it in the show notes so people can just like go and click or have like your handles and stuff ready. And then, Oh, this will probably come out in, it's not going to come out immediately. It's probably going to be like four or five weeks down the road. So maybe the show will be up by then. It could be perfect. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's me. You know, I'm, I'm, um, steady trying to find some, some acting work in this pandemic room. I know. Right. Uh, but what are we supposed to do right now? It's going well. Uh, um, well, good. Well, hey, thank you again so much. I've got some plugs, so I'll go ahead and do those. Uh, do if you would like, as I said at the beginning of the show, if you like what we do here on our show and you would like more sort of content like this, we do have a Patreon. That's patreon.com slash super NPC radio. We have several different tiers for you. At the first $5 tier, you get a weekly show from me and producer of this show, Super NPCs, or it's called super NPCs, but that's with Jeremy Schmidt. And then if you love this show, uh, part of the $10 tier is the monthly deep dive, uh, group discussion episode. Um, the first one we did was the legend of Zelda breath of the wild. That's available for free on our feed. So check it out if you're interested. Um, the cover art that we have is by Glenn J. You can find them on Instagram at, at glenn.j uh the show is produced by jeremy schmidt you should listen to his show video games a comedy show it's more of a roundtable style uh group discussion show and then i'm on instagram and twitter at connor underscore mccabe and sometimes i stream at cons is cool 69 on twitch so of course you do yeah of course i do it was i've said it before but i i tried to just get cons c-o-n-z which is my normal video game handle it was taken so i was like how can I be a child and react poorly about this? I'll make it cons is cool. 69. 69. Um, who made that well, uh, concept art for call me by your game that you posted the other day? Uh, Glenn J. Oh yeah. That was awesome. I agree. Like amazing. I, they took like my like crappy illustrated one, which was okay. But, and they <laughs> made it like what I had always like envisioned it right. being. And so 
Shouts to Glenn Jay. Uh, truly love that so much. And they and they're letting us use it like That's for great. with like for for free. I like tried to pay them, and they're like, no, just take it. It's fan That's art. Cool. So. So yeah, so thank you again, Sims. Uh, Thank you to everyone listening, uh, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for having me, man.